And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the We Army podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and I'm joined as always by the one and only Mr. David Rispin. Davey, you're enjoying the weather? Loving the weather, Mick, yeah. Sitting out and getting a great colour. You are You mean you're not out uh, doing strength and conditioning and doing laps of the field or anything like that, no? I, I, no, not this weekend. Um, I was doing a bit during the week, but Jesus, the heat is something serious. You'd be absolutely bollocks now out in it. So uh, doing a little bit, but geez, it's tough going now. I love to be playing football at the moment in that weather. Yeah. And a lovely, a lovely Wednesday or Thursday evening around seven, half seven, going out. Ah, look, it's it's just a shame the way things are at the minute because we've had we would have had some amount of football played in the last three months. Yeah, I mean we'd be we'd be rattling through the league, or the plan was to be rattling through the league around this time of year. You'd have your usual B League kind of going coincided with it during the week and stuff as well. And uh I suppose you'd be kind of gearing up towards championship because, you know, championship is penciling to start at the last week of July for junior and I think the first week in August for intermediate and um, senior clubs. So, like, a lot of your heavy lifting will probably be done at this stage and, you know, teams will be really getting a good feel for it now and no one's getting a feel for it now at the minute the way it is, you know, so... Um, <laughs> The thing yeah. is, is that, the, the, that the, those championships may still go ahead around August and whatever. So it's just all up in the air at the moment. We can't, we still can't confirm or deny whether the championships will go ahead, be it club championship, be it county championship. There was rumours uh, floating about during the week that we were going to get our club championship played and that we were going to get an All-Ireland final maybe in December, which mm-hmm. would be unique in its own way and it would be amazing. Can you imagine... 68,000, 70,000 fans in Crow Park on a, a cold Sunday afternoon in December, huddling to each other to stay warm. I doubt there'd be that much screaming in, in Crow Park on, on a cold December Sunday. Well, I was going to say it'd be like the darts at Christmas to be people dressing up in fancy dress with Santi suits and everything like that, going to Crow Park for the All Ireland final. <laughs> um, no, 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 that wouldn't happen in the, in, in the GEA. Don't be saying uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, It'd be amazing, yeah. And, but look, we'll see. You know, it's it's very hard to see where we're at today. Things are going probably as well as can be expected. So from that perspective, we, we seem to be moving through the phases um, as expected. So you never know the way things are going. If we can um, keep flattening the curve, as they say, we, we may well get a championship of some description. Yeah, a little bit of worrying news came out today or came out over the last few days is that uh, you have the news for me on the ladies' um, football. 
Yeah, the, the, well, particularly for the Mead ladies, they're after pulling the junior and intermediate um, provincial championships for the, the ladies, and they haven't pulled the senior one, but obviously that, that affects Mead and it doesn't affect other counties because Mead, they're operating in the intermediate grade. So for Mead, there's going to be no championship um, for the senior clubs like Dublin and Galway and Cork and that. They, they may well get their championship and that's still up in the air at the minute. So... I don't. I don't know what to really think about it because surely if you're going to pull pull it, you have to pull it all. You know, you can't just pull the junior and intermediate and keep the senior. For me, I think that's that's harsh on the likes of me or and other counties who are operating at that grade. Um, I think if you're going to do it, do it properly and do it across the board instead of just cutting two of the championships because maybe they're just perceived as not as big as as maybe a senior one. Yeah, and of course, if we look across the sea as well, there's there's doubt about the Premiership restarting as well. Um, and the clubs are having a vote on what would happen um, if the season is not concluded and whether there'd be relegation and the whole lot. Like So it's, um, I, I suppose, we've, we've stood out on our own, Ireland has, as a country and as a nation, with our own lockdown. And a lot of people give out about our lockdown and that it's maybe too severe. But, you know, are we going to follow other sporting organisations and what they do or do you think that the GA and the government will, will will just deal with Ireland on its own? Yeah, well, it was interesting and we're going to hear from Sean Tobin this week on our Loyal Royals podcast and just something that he picked up on when I, when I spoke to him was that, you know, he says we're very much still an amateur organisation and whilst the likes of the soccer has been, you know, streamlined across the waters and that, we are in a very different position that we don't have the ability to bring in the testing, for example, at, at a club scene that, say, the massive teams in England and Germany and France and Italy and all these places have. Um, we may well be able to do that with county teams. I don't know if that's that's a possibility, but with club teams, it, it would be very hard to police and with the numbers of GA players that we have in, in the country, there is a potential for it to go, to turn into an absolute disaster, particularly if you're going to play two or three games a week. Suddenly then cases could absolutely spiral out of control in the space of two or three weeks then when mm. by the time they're diagnosed and everything like that. So we have to be cautious, I suppose, from that perspective. And I'm sure the GA are well aware of it. Um, and that's why the likes of Seamus, we had on there a couple of weeks ago, Seamus Kenny was saying he would favour a county championship first. And and by the time maybe the county would be finished, then we'd be in a much better position to possibly roll out a club one then should it not require testing. Whereas now, if we're to introduce a club championship in six or seven weeks, you know what I mean? There's certainly yeah. there's certainly a scope or, or definitely discussion about it, but um, we'll just have to see, I think. Yeah, interestingly, you mentioned Seamus being on, and, and Seamus, while he did talk about uh, uh, going back to play, um, be it county or, or be it club it, we also discussed the new regional championship and uh, the regional championship looks absolutely brilliant it's for junior and intermediate clubs and there's going to be I think it's eight regions is that right Davey? It is eight yeah eight regions exactly two, two groups of four um, and the games will be played simultaneously and it'll be whittled down to a semi-final and final so I think that'll be the the, the overall layout. Conor O'Donoghue, obviously, who joined us as well, he ran through the teams and, um, you know, who'd be merging together, so to speak, for, for the different teams and the names that would be put on each as well. So, um, yeah, very exciting. Whether we see it this year or not, I, I'd suggest we probably won't see it this year, regardless of what happens. 
and because there'll be just so much of a backlog. But going forward, that's going to be the plan they'd hope to do it this year. But I think I think players in the junior and intermediate ranks, particularly those players who are probably coming off the back and playing with mead under 17s or mead under 20 teams, and they might be operating at junior and intermediate level, it would be an excellent stepping stone for them to go on and perform <coughs> against players of similar ilk to theirs and maybe try and impress an Andy McAtee or whoever it is, you know, in charge to try and catch the eye for a senior um, call-up. And, and, and from your own point of view, Davey, um, you know, and, and I don't mean in a derogatory way, coming from a junior club, are you excited about it? Are the players excited about it? Because that's, that's the main thing, you know, because if the players don't buy into this, then, you know, it'll fall flat in its face. Mm. It is going to extend the year for an awful lot of players, but it's given them a chance to play for, we'll say, you know, it's, it'll nearly be the quality of a senior championship, you know? It, yeah, I would I would rate the second or the, the the regional championship as maybe a senior two championship. Obviously, you don't get to uh, go on and, and represent your 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 county in, in in a Leinster championship, but it is a much higher standard than junior or intermediate because it's the best players out of both junior and intermediate that will be playing there. Players that will be yeah. good enough to make any senior team basically. Yeah, like I think I think it will be embraced. I think it's for the guys again who are really pushing to try and get on to the mid seniors or try and make an impression there. They'll be the ones that will absolutely be geared towards it. Um the only thing I would say about some of the clubs who maybe get knocked out at the group stages of a championship, there could be a six or eight week layoff from them being knocked out of a championship to that regional championship starting. So from that perspective it would be difficult for Let's take Horton, for example. Let's say we're knocked out at the end of August and a regional doesn't come in until maybe the end of October, start of November, which realistically will be the case But by the time all championships are finished. It's probably difficult for them four or five lads within that club who may want to play regional, but they're not playing competitive games or they're not staying as fit as lads who are probably in quarterfinals, semifinals, finals of championships. That's the only thing I could probably see as potential for players to maybe say, ah, feck it, you know what? Well, I'm I'm finished. The year's over. That's it. So, but then again, if if lads want to do it enough, they'll they'll keep training themselves and they'll get ready for it. And that's what I was I was just going to bring you back to your earlier point that this is about players who are trying to make it onto a meet senior team, and anybody who has that drive and ambition to make it onto a meet senior team will keep themselves in good fettle uh, between being knocked out of their own championship and the start of the regional championship. I'm guessing that the regional championship won't be able to start until the intermediate and junior finals are played. And then the winners of the junior and intermediate who go on to represent in, in Leinster mm. will be, um, won't be included until they're knocked out of Leinster. Um, or hopefully they go on to win in All-Ireland. Um, but you probably couldn't include players from those teams if they're still in the Leinster championship. Yeah, I wouldn't say they probably wouldn't be included. It would probably be down to the club and the players themselves and maybe their managers to discuss that. I don't think the likes of the county board would say, oh, you know, St. Colm, or not St. Colm Kills, we'll say Ballinlock won the intermediate. They wouldn't say, right, Ballinlock, you're not allowed to play or whatever. It's completely up to the player and the club in question, I'd say, to make that call. But yeah, you'd assume if, if a club was going well in Leinster and that, it would be very difficult to juggle the two Um 
you know but that, but then again that, that's that's the whole point of it so it is but the only thing about that as well is that that might uh, weaken some of the regional sides uh, in the championship because they'll be missing the players that won the junior and missing the players that won the intermediate look it's all it's all up in the air we we we're just looking forward to getting back playing and we're looking forward to seeing how that regional championship goes because it has the potential to be something special and it all uh, depends on whether the players buy into it and, and hopefully they do. Um, you mentioned as well Sean Tobin, we've got that in the can, uh, the interview with Sean Tobin and um, uh, a really interesting uh, interview you got one. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's an interesting character as you all know on that and, uh, you know, very honest and open about, you know, him as a footballer and as a man and how he's progressed as a footballer and a man as well. Um, how he's matured, I suppose, down through the years and the, the likes of probably the experiences he's had with Mead and Simonstown alike, which have kind of contributed to that. And, uh, you know, he, he'll tell you straight out that he, what you see is what you get with Sean Tobin. If he doesn't like yeah. something, he, he's not going to hold it. He, he will say it to whoever it is. It doesn't matter if it's Colin O'Rourke or Andy McEntee or anyone else. And, and that's what I think the likes of Andy McEntee and Colin O'Rourke probably value in him. You know, he, he is down to the point there's no shy with him. He'll tell you how it is and that. But he's, he's a great lad. You know that as much as anyone, Mickey, yourself. Yeah. Um, and he's become such a talismanic figure for Simonson in the last couple of years. Like, I know I know, you were hard done by probably last year. You probably felt in the semi-final. But I, I thought last year he was magnificent. Maybe more yeah. so than the two years Simonson won the championship. I thought he was just out on his own last year. And yeah, well, he he does talk about in your in the interview how like he was injured for most of 2016, um, yeah. especially the latter stages of the championship. And uh, 2017, he 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 was a, he was a mainstay in the in the team, and he was he was a big figure. But last year, as you said, um, he was huge. He he took the he, he's he's always been a guy to take the responsibility on. But last year, he took responsibility and he brought discipline into it as well. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't mean discipline as in not fighting or anything like that. I mean, he was a very disciplined player. In years before yeah. that, he would have taken it upon himself that he had to do everything. But he speaks about that in the interview, and it's a really, really well, uh, well worth listening to. Um, a fabulous interview with uh, um, Sean Tobin. Great lad. One of, one of my, one of my favourite footballers of all time as well uh, to have played with. And, you know, he's a cheeky chappy. He's a bit of crack. And uh, that comes across in his interview as well. But he's 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 a uh, he's a real good lad. That's all I can he, say. He is absolutely, and his you know his role with me has probably been something I termed it as maybe a super sub in, in many occasions, and that. And he talks about that as well, which is very interesting because he's been he hasn't just been there for a year or two. He's been there for six or seven years now, part of the Mead squad. Probably hasn't nailed down the position that he feels he probably merits at this stage. But the love for for the jersey. You know, how he drives the younger lads on and even the lads that are playing, even when he's not playing as well. That, for me, is something that sticks out. Really good stuff in it. Yeah, he's he's a real team player at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, no super sub likes being a super sub. Um, no. You know, and, and if they do, there's something wrong. Because, you know, you train hard, you play hard to start. And he's one of these guys who you know, wants to start every game no matter who he's playing for and even when he's with me. But he's one of the team players that knows that, right, well, I haven't been picked. I have to get behind my teammates and make sure that we get the job done. And even even down to what he said in the dressing room the day against Fermanagh when he was a substitute last uh, 2018, uh, the last day of the season, of the league season, 
and uh, speaking in the meat dressing room. Absolutely brilliant. Really well worth looking forward or uh, going and listening to. Um, it's going to be out on Monday uh, morning uh, for all you die hard. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, Mickey. Tuesday, oh, yeah, t- today is Monday. I forgot to thank <laughs> um, yeah. uh, For all you loyal Royal fans, get in and listen to that um, uh, Sean Tobin interview. A few more interviews coming up, and we've had a few good ones. I suppose um, Colin O'Rourke kind of went a bit viral, um, so it did um, a really interesting interview with him. I was terrified going into it, um, Davey, and as Colin O'Rourke said, with good reason. Yeah, yeah he's, he's something else, isn't he? You know, he he just is great crack, and there's again, there's no holes bar with him, and, and that's kind of why people, I think, love listening to him and that as well. But uh, it's great to hear him because we, we're obviously very familiar with seeing him on our TV screens and everything like that, but not not often, and reading of him, obviously, in the papers and stuff, but you'd never actually get an in-depth insight into his career as a footballer and a manager as well, um, up to press, and uh, very honest in that as well. Like, talked about the great stories with, with Flynn and Stafford and that, and typically thrown in a bit of weight as well, um, about the lads telling you how great they were, which they did as well, particularly <laughs> Flynn. But, um, no, it was hugely enjoyable. I, I really loved it. Um, some Some really good stuff in there as well. Yeah, and, and, and I suppose the one that everybody picked up on was the fact that, you know, everybody says, you know, Colin O'Rourke doesn't love mead football and, you know, if he was if, if he was such a mead man, why didn't he take the job? He's never actually just come out and says, do you know what? I actually did go for the job. And he did. He went for it three times and he was refused three times, which is quite remarkable when you look at his record with St. Pat's, with Simonson, with Screen, with Mead as a, as a player. You know, um, and the fact that he, 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 he has shown his credentials as a manager. I would think myself that maybe 2003 with Simonstown probably went against him a lot of the time because of Simonstown losing that game against Blackhall Gales when they were nine points up at halftime. I think that he, he, his managerial um, uh, honours probably were always um, watered down by that result. Um, do you think that yourself, maybe? Um, I don't know. I, I, if that is the case, it shouldn't be. Because in my eyes, no manager should be defined by one game in anything. I think as a player or as a manager, you look back on their whole career and you, you take it for what it is and then you make a judgment. I mean, to look at one game is just is just crazy. I know it was, yeah. a, it was a county final and everything like that. But to me, I think that's complete rubbish if that is the case. Um, Remarkable that he has two or three times been refused. I, I still yeah. can't get my head around that, to be honest. Um, I would love to see... I have a good idea of probably the years. Um, but I think the, the interest in one would probably been either after Eamon O'Brien or after Banty. And I'd say one of them was probably around that time, 20, 2011 to 2013. And that, for me, would have been the time that I personally would have given Colin O'Rourke the gig if it was going... Maybe after Sean Boylan, there was probably a little bit of apprehensive thoughts, probably. And that's understandable, too, after such a great man and all that. But definitely after the likes of Seamus McEnany or um, Eamon O'Brien, for me, would have been the time to give Colin Morocco the job. As he said himself, maybe at this stage, we're probably, you know, it's, it's yeah, time, isn't, time isn't waiting for him. We're probably gone by that. But nice. who knows? You just you mentioned that. You know, there was a, around that year that Banty took the job. Um, there was an awful lot of unrest in the county board at that stage and I have a feeling he may have gone for it that year as well 
the same year as Banty because, you know, it, it, there, was, there was an awful lot of trouble with the county board at that stage um, and there was maybe fractions and, and it was divided and I, I just have a feeling that he did. But look, again, we're, we're, just, we're, we're just assuming stuff here and whatever, but uh, shame. Look, he's, a lot of people have come back to me since that interview and says, do you know what? We probably heard the real Colin O'Rourke there because he, he gets bad press um, sometimes he puts in for us, so he does, and uh, and he can be he can be quite harsh. But he he he's not to the same extent as Joe Brawley or as um, uh, Pat Spillane. He's never he's never derogatory about a player um, on the field, um, and unless it's his own club and he's in the dressing room or something like that. But he's never... Unless in, it's you, Mickey. Unless it's me or Stevie Moore. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, he, he's, actually, he's actually a good man. You know, and, and at the end of it, you know, his little, his little um, speech at the end of the interview was, was pretty cool uh, as well. Funnily enough, Brian Stafford had a similar end to his interview a couple of weeks ago where he, um, he quoted Quincy Jones. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Definitely well worth listening to. What else have we got coming up in the next couple of weeks, Davey? We, we have big Joe Sheridan coming up. Um, probably it won't be this week. It'll be next week. We're only sitting down with him this week to chat to him. But that'll be a really interesting one as well. Get a, get a look back on his club and county career. Obviously, we'll have to you know, delve into 2010. That's just part and parcel of it. And <laughs> be, be interesting to hear his thoughts. We, you know, we put it out over the weekend and we got some good questions on Instagram to put to big Joe as well. But... Um, fabulous career both as a club and county footballer as well I was only watching a game back today Kildare in 2010 after the Leinster final it was not Ireland quarter final and you know it was, it was just after that loud game and obviously he personally took a lot of stick after it and that and he had a brilliant brilliant first half fair enough Mead did as well but um, he, was, he was a massive player for me you have to remember back 10 or 15 years ago in the time that we probably just weren't as successful as we might have been 2010 for me, would have been a really good opportunity for me to win in All-Ireland um, because it really opened up that year with Cork went on and won it against Down in the final and decided the draw that Mead were on possibly would have. So it'll be interesting to just get his thoughts on that as well. But um, we've got Big Joe, we've got Dunshockland's um, best 10 from the last 10 as well. That's another one, Mickey, that, the second club that we're doing. And we obviously yeah, won the first one last week, we're, we're told. We did the first one last week with Rotholt, and that was excellent. Got a great response. We're going to do the 10 from since 2010 in Dunshockland. That'll be probably going out on Thursday of this week um, for all our Patreon listeners, our Loyal Royal listeners. Um, again, uh, if you haven't signed up to the Loyal Royals, there's a mountain of interviews from Andy McIntyre to Connor Nash to... Um, uh, to all the lads we're after mentioning Davy Nelson as well an absolutely fantastic interview okay the, the, the sound quality in that one went at a couple of stages but people said that it was absolutely fantastic um, and uh, yeah really well worth listening uh, out for and do listen out for the Chocolate one this week it'll be coming out on Thursday morning I would think we'll have it recorded by then so we will um, Davey, um, anything else for the podcast? Have you had anything in from uh, Instagram? Yeah, we, we just actually have one, would you believe? The people must be really uh, enjoying their sunshine, which is fair enough too. It has to be done. Just one from Robert Cox in Extra Time Sport. And uh, he wants to know what we think about um, the minors. Should the minors be put back 
to under 18s and the under 20s to under 21s for next year and the years beyond? Yeah, it's it's something that I always, uh, I never wanted changing, changed. I didn't want minor uh, uh, changed under 17 or the under 21 changed to under 20. Um, I, I, I like. I agree. I, I think they should. And the fact that they were not going to get to play this year, that they should get their chance next year um, to play in the under-21 uh, and minor championship. Yeah, I, I don't really see the value in it either, to be honest with you. Um, I, just, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think there's a massive drop-off between minor and probably 21. And to give lads the extra year at playing under-21, particularly if they're not breaking into their club's uh, adult team at that stage it just gives them another year to progress and for me if I was in that position I'd, I'd be a little bit disappointed that I'm losing a year so to speak if it was uh, at the, how do you, just explain that a little bit do you mean that you agree it should be under 21 and under 18 yeah that's I'm agreeing that but yeah. obviously it's been changed so it's 17 and 20 now yeah but what I feel is that like if I'm a 20 going on 21 year old suddenly I'm missing out on a year of under-21 football, which a lad would have had five years ago and it probably did him the world of good. He's not going to have that now and he might miss out on football as a result. I I could never understand why it went from minor under-18 to under-21. I always thought that it should have been minor and then under-20 myself. But the guys that are missing out on the year this year definitely should. Because that's a three-year gap from, from 18 to 21. Yeah, um, I really did think, do think that maybe it should be eighteen under eighteen and under twenty, or, or or have an under nineteen competition or something like that in there, just to break up that three years. I do like the under twenty one championship. I do like the under eighteen championship, minor championship, as they used to be called. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. We actually do have another question in. Um, just they didn't want to put this publicly on um, on uh, our Instagram. And uh, Davy, I suppose they probably didn't want to send it because it, it kind of may, may refer to you. Um, it comes in from PS Tapes um, directly to me. Um, he, he, he avoided our, um, our Instagram page. Question is, is it possible to respect any footballer or indeed any man who openly admits to drinking Malibu and milk? <laughs> Your thoughts, um, Davy. Your thoughts. Yeah, well, to be fair, the boys that, that I would play with and, and pal around with just have become part and parcel. At the start, it was tough for me. Um, likewise, with Fat Frogs and that. But it's an institution more than anything like that. And uh, there, it's actually a huge drink in the Kells area. The Drumbarra lads love it. The Kilmainham lads love it. The Gale Column Kills lads love it. Courtown love it. So it's very much... Uh, just, just name and, those... And, just, if you could just name those clubs again. Drumbarra. Drumbarra. Gail Column Kill. Gail Column Kill. Kilmainham. Yeah. And Cortown. Who won? Who, who was the last team out of those four to win the championship? Cortown, I think. <laughs> really? When did Kells win the intermediate? 2013. 2013, and you won the junior in 2014. Yeah. Trumbarro won, won the intermediate against Kilmainham in 2013. Right. Um, yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then you all found Malibu and milk. And look. Well, now, no, to, to be fair, I only found it in the last six months now. 
<laughs> and that was as a result of them. So I'm blaming them. And yeah, but look at it. It's actually, don't knock it till you try it. I'm telling you. I'm, not, we'll, I'm looking forward me. to having a Malibu and milk with you, Mick. Excuse me, I've had plenty of Malibus and milk, but it's not something that I go around telling the world. It's not my main drink, let's just say. It's no, it's not, it's not mine either, but... Yeah, it's it's either that or, fat, that or Fat Frog. I, do you know what? When I won my first championship in 2006 with Drummolee down in Cavan, an intermediate championship, um, that was my drink of choice after the championship was a Fat Frog. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's part and parcel, isn't it? Of? Well, see, that's what you drink after you win a championship, not before you win one. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's in Cortown you do it before and after, and probably during <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's everything from Instagram for this week. That's it, yeah. Look, uh, as we say, folks, um, just watch out for our Patreon uh, podcast, the Loyal Royal podcast, because, again, we've got some more great interviews coming up. We've got Sean Tobin coming up. We do have Joe Sheridan coming up. I think we've got Mark O'Reilly as well in the next couple of weeks as well, Davey. Is that right? Yeah, we have Mark actually must much touch must touch base with him in the next uh, in the next few days as well to try and get that one organized as well. Excellent. But Mark's looking forward to coming on with us as too. So yeah. And, and of course we did our ten best since twenty ten in Rathold last week. And this week it's gonna be the ten best since twenty ten from Dunshotland. And uh, that one is it, we we've been looking over it. I've been looking over it. I know you've been looking over it as well. It's not an easy one at all. And I'd say we're going to have some differences on it. But look, head on over to the Patreon service, sign up and get all those interviews uh, that we've done in recent times and obviously 10 best since 2010. That's going to be a recurring um, series that we're going to be doing over the next while. Remember, we are me, the why matters most.